Hello, and welcome to Artfully Told, where we share true stories about meaningful encounters with art. I think artists help people have different perspectives on every aspect of life. All I can do is put my part out into the world. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. It doesn't have to be perfect ever, really. I mean, as long as you, you're enjoying doing it and you're trying your best, that can be good enough. Art is something that you can experience with your senses and that you just experience as, as so beautiful. Welcome back to Artfully Told. I'm Lindsay, and I am so excited to be sharing more art with you today. And I'm very privileged to have an absolutely wonderful person as my guest today. Her name is Heidi Lobser, and she is a beautiful artist in many capacities. And I'm excited to hear more about all the different things that she does. But I uh, know that she is an accomplished dancer and has been training, goodness, probably your whole life. So I'm sure I'll, I'll get to hear about that. But thank you so much, Heidi, for being on the show today. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you. And let's just go ahead and hear a little bit from you about who you are, your background, kind of whatever you want to share. Sure. So my name is Heidi, as you said, and I'm 21 years old. I was born in Pretoria, South Africa, and I lived there until I was eight years old. So that definitely shaped my early life. And then I've lived in the U.S. since then. I grew up with my mother and both of my two older sisters dancing. So that was just always normal, being at the ballet studio, did the Nutcracker every year. And just got more into it as I got older. Decided to move more into contemporary and modern dance, and that really caused me to look other places because the studio I was training at was wonderful, but didn't offer especially any modern. So that's how I ended up in Kansas City, a program called Sterling's Artist Development Program. Trained there for two years, and that was really a great fit for me. I had looked at college programs, but ADP was cheaper and a shorter time commitment and had more time in the studio, which is really what I wanted. I've also been in college sort of on and off, part-time, full-time, online, in-person, community colleges, all different <laughs> combinations. And I studied <laughs> math. I was studying physics and I finally decided on math. So I have one year left of studying math and I dance with a company in town called Sterling and I'll be doing that again, which I really love. So yeah, I think that's that's pretty much me. I have the science brain and the art brain, and I enjoy using them both. Yeah, absolutely. So you only have one year left. Oh, that's so exciting. I kind of remember, yeah. you know, when it was like a little more into the weeds for a while. And I know that's, yeah. <laughs> at least now you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel there. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the classes are getting harder. So I'm, I'm oh, that I know yeah. that there's a finish line. <laughs> it's <very hard. laughs> Good. Do you have plans for that degree yet? I mean, I know plans are right. so wonky <laughs> these days, but <laughs> in theory, do you have any yeah. like thoughts about what you want to do? Right. So that's such a great question. That has gone through so <laughs> many transitions in my mind. Getting a college degree has always been an expectation in my family. It's also always been a privilege, definitely, that it has been possible in my family that I could pursue a degree. 
So that was kind of something that I just always knew I'm getting a college degree. So the transitions have been in what my major would be. And then as I've progressed in dance and realized really just a few years ago that it was actually something I could do professionally, which I didn't know for a really long time, I kind of thought, oh, well, maybe I am not going to do whatever my major field is right away. So my degree most recently was actually in math secondary education, so to teach in a high school. And I really would like to pursue performance and other aspects of dance now, especially, as everyone says, while you're younger, (laughs) take the time to do the dancing. (laughs) And then, I mean, my interest in general long term is definitely in education. I teach dance currently, which I really love and want to continue to do and to invest in dance education. So I've always joked that if I could, you know, be a professor at a university and teach in both the math, science, and dance departments, that that would sort of be my dream. (laughs) That would require (laughs) about three master's degrees. So I don't (laughs) think that's what we're actually going to do. But um, I don't know. Being a professor has always been of some interest. I also, I've grown more and more interested in dance science. A lot of people suggested sort of physical therapy and things like that to me, and I'm really not interested in that. I remember I recently had a conversation with someone who's getting their master's in dance science, and that was really interesting to me because I think, especially as an educator, there's just a lot of practices I see in the classroom that I'm going, why are we still doing this, you know, when we have the science Mm -hmm. to tell us what's helpful and what's not helpful? And then also there are just some standards that I see in the dance world that I don't think are healthy. There's a crazy push for flexibility and and just things like that. So yeah, I can can sort of imagine myself going into dance science, but I'm a people person, so I don't know that I want to live my life in a laboratory. (laughs) But that's probably the only way I really see them connecting. I think otherwise it's more more just the, the logic part of it, I think you know, and the critical thinking aspect. I think that's just how I teach dance is from a very analytical perspective. This is, you know, the precise way you need to do this step to do it correctly. And I think about it in the same way that I think about math rather than I'm trying to make the step look pretty or something like that. Yeah. The plans are just, they're up in the air, obviously. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think I think what's interesting is you bring a different approach to both your own performing and your teaching style. And I think that that's really unique and great. And I, I love I think your approach is very in general problem solving, which I like because I think that makes it a little more rich than simply much more rich <laughs> to kind of have that approach rather than just like, hey, it's wrong. It needs to be fixed but like how because that's always a difficult thing and how much of that is changeable I mean especially in dance you're working with the physical body so there's a huge amount of like how much are we trying to (laughs) use a feeling or an experience for the audience and how much is that tied to aesthetically what you can produce because there's certainly a correlation you know I mean that's why we have techniques that try to develop dancers that can produce certain kinds of positions and shapes and movements. But on the other hand, is that ultimately what's giving the audience, you know, the experience that they're having? I mean, there's so much room for for things like artistry and that to contribute. So yeah, definitely problem solving. <laughs> how, can we, how can we share what we want to with the audience? Yes. Yeah. I love it. 
Well, I know you have at least, you know, one story uh, to share with us. So I would love to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So when I first read your post asking for encounters with art, this is the one that immediately came to mind. And I think it was the first one because it was both, it was the first in a lot of areas, I guess is the best way to put it. So there is a company in Houston, Texas called A Damn Dance Company run by Randall Flynn. And they're a company that their vision really centers on the intersection of dance and Christian faith. They really strive to authentically share their faith and hope, love, joy, peace, these good things from the Lord with their audience through their movement. So I actually first discovered them on the wonderful platform of YouTube. (laughs) And what's amazing about Randy, about the director, is he's really put up a lot of their work on YouTube. So there are hundreds of videos that you can go watch. And especially in high school, when I was just trying to figure out what I thought about dance, and I was in a church in a Christian school in a Christian home and really wondered, you know, what does dance look like in the context of my faith? And I found these YouTube videos and I started watching them. And I was really blown away. First of all, I had never really seen modern dance before, classical modern dance, and I just loved the movement, totally fell in love. So it was a first in that area. But then also they weren't necessarily using Christian songs or even songs with lyrics. They were using instrumental music. The piece I'm going to speak about was a song that's been used in tons of different contexts um, called This Bitter Earth. And I just stumbled across this video one day called This Bitter Earth. And I watched and I was totally engaged for one. I don't think I've ever been that engaged watching, especially a video of dance. (laughs) It's so much better live. But I was really captivated. And basically, the piece is just showing the tension between, you know, hope, but then there's so many things to pull you away from hope in the world. At least that's really what I've experienced in the piece. And at the end of the piece, you know, there's two people that are circling in the middle, and then there's people running around on the outside, and it gets faster, and there's more movement on the outside. And at the very end, these two people are looking away from each other. It's maybe a six minute piece and they just grab hands and they look at each other. And it was really powerful for me. And I know that sounds super cheesy. (laughs) There are so many pieces where it's like the look, the dramatic moment. But I (laughs) I think it really worked because it wasn't wasn't overdone. They weren't necessarily trying to make a big dramatic moment. It was just sincere sincere human connection of like it's going to be okay you know there are a lot of troubles in this world but like hope really is a real thing and then that same year actually I loved this company so much and I as I said was just in a season of exploration in the in the dance world I took a Greyhound bus to Houston stayed in a hostel and went to this company's spring intensive and they actually performed that piece it's choreographed by Steve Brooks in their studio, they did a little in-studio showing, which was really special for me to see live. And I've had the opportunity to see it multiple times since then. It's been performed other places, but it was just very, very touching in terms of, you know, you're not giving me a message and you're not saying words, but I'm really experiencing the virtue of hope is really, I think the best way I can put it. Yeah. So sounds like that kind of helped you 
well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is just sort of something that I kind of got from it. It sounds like it really kind of helped you realize maybe a little bit more of of how your faith in dance could intersect. Yes, not necessarily it has to look like this, but just a vision of this is an option and I don't think it was an option I had seen or experienced before. Not that you can't do it a different way, not that you always need to intentionally intersect them, but just this is possible and this can be really powerful. So it was such high quality dancing and I think that was also huge. You know, because I'd seen Ballad Magnificat, which is a beautiful company. They do really amazing work. But as I said, I had never seen really modern dance. And so I think it was just that like, wow, it is an option to do modern dance and to share really good and beautiful and powerful things and to not have to use words or to be direct. You can truly use the art form of dance. It was just so cool to like see that option. Yeah, absolutely. And from that sort of launching point for you, how did that kind of change your trajectory as far as, I mean, I know you mentioned, you know, you'd grown up more in ballet and then we're trying to explore more contemporary and modern. Is that what pivoted you towards towards that? Or how did that then impact the rest of your, your journey? Mm. So I actually, I had begun exploring contemporary modern before, and I actually, I'm realizing I wasn't quite truthful earlier. I saw that piece maybe two years before I went to Houston. I wrote a paper my senior year of high school. I was in a course called Communication and Culture, and I wrote a research paper about Christianity and art and what it meant to be a a quote-unquote Christian artist, and I talked about this specific piece in my paper. So I actually started exploring contemporary modern because I was having issues in my Achilles tendon from doing a lot of point work. And so that was kind of the mm-hmm. jumping off point. So it wasn't necessarily about it being more serious or anything to do with integrating my faith. I think the okay. biggest thing about going to Houston was I met several people from Kansas City when I went to that intensive. And they're actually how I wow. found out about the opportunities in Kansas City. So that was really the biggest influence. But for sure, I mean, it's influenced the work that I create. <laughs> Or even last Christmas, I was performing at a performance called Illuminate the Arts by Arts Inspired Network. And I decided to not fully choreograph my work, but just to pick a song, sort of pick a theme, come up with a few phrases. And I felt free to improvise it. And that was that was really fun and sort of maybe an example of how I've integrated those sorts of things I first saw at a jam. I think it's still in progress. I have a lot to learn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe of course. In, in about a decade, I'll have some more answers for you. Still, still very much being figured out. But yeah, that initial vision, I think, is still there. Absolutely. So do you foresee yourself continuing to pursue more uh, along the avenues of modern and contemporary rather than more classical movement? Or are you kind of open or...? You know, I'm open. (laughs) I think there are (laughs) so many different factors when it comes to what you perform. There's the movement style. There's the content. You know, what are you sharing through the movement? There's all the logistical implications of the time commitment, etc. I think for me, what's really come out on top is the priority is 
that we truly care for the audience and that we're trying to give them something and that I'm not just on stage so that I can have a good time. I think that's really, that generosity, I think is the best word, has really come out on top for me as the main thing that I care about. So I think when I see that somewhere, then I ask questions about the movement or about the specific storylines they're telling, et cetera. Yeah. I would love to do more modern and to learn more techniques. I'm not totally sure where I'm headed. Obviously, as an educator, always wanting to get more professional development to have more to share with my students. So there's definitely yeah. a draw there to study more modern. But I think I think the biggest thing really is just are we trying to offer something good and, and true to our audience? Um, and if that's true, then I'm I don't know. I'm willing to try something new. I'm willing to learn a new style if I feel like that is happening. I love that. That's a good kind of baseline standard to have. And so then then it's easier to kind of navigate your opportunities. If it meets that standard, great. Then maybe that's something to explore. And if it doesn't, well, it's not for you. Yeah, I think that's that's wonderful to have that kind of a clear, I don't know, set of guidelines, set of things to kind of ponder. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a few questions that I like to ask my guests, if that's okay with you. Yes, I'd love to hear them. Okay. All right. So first of all, how do you personally define art or what is art to you? Oh, gosh. We're jumping right in. Oh. Oh, yes. Well, I'll I'll just start off by saying I I honestly don't completely know. I feel like the word is so, it's thrown around so much that it, I find myself in a conversation, I'm responding to how that person is defining it. Do you know what I mean? As long as we can commonly define in this conversation where this is what we're talking about, then mm -hmm. that helps me. I think I maybe have a classical definition of visual art, performing art. You know, I do think there's some amount of emotional tie to it. I mean, even if I go out and look at the sunset, I think that can be, I guess, an artistic mm -hmm. experience. I guess yeah. for me, it also really depends why we need to define it. So, for example, if we're trying to define it for a grant process, you know, to decide who can apply, that's really different uh -huh. than trying to define it for the sake of my worldview. I tend to sort of go, okay, what category, what sphere of life are we in? And what does it apply to in this situation? Because if we're in school and we're talking about needing to give kids art classes, you know, as opposed to all the classes they already have, we're probably talking about a specific art skill, such as drawing, singing, you know, playing an instrument. Even though the general idea of being creative, which I think some people would say, well, art is basically creativity. Well, I promise you, you need creativity in math. I mean... <laughs> The kind of math classes I'm in, there is no formula to find the answer anymore. It's literally, here's your differential equation. You need to guess a solution. You know, if you see artist creativity, well, that's very artistic. You need a lot of creativity. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's why, in my mind, that's too broad. I mean, everything has an element of art in it then. Right. Well, and, and like art, you know, it's subjective. Everyone has a different Absolutely. kind of opinion on that. But yeah, so you're saying like it depends. So you would define art in different contexts. So like it depends on the context that that the conversation is around how you would necessarily define art. Is that correct? The kind I of think what so. You're saying? I think if I'm trying to yeah. put one sentence to it, I mean, art is the act of creating 
you know, we take one sure. resource and we transform it into another. We take a body and we mold it to do certain things on stage. We take clay and we turn it into a sculpture. So maybe, yeah, the act of creating, if I had to boil it down to a phrase. But if you ask me in, in a year, I'm probably going to have a different answer. <laughs> so. <laughs> I've not heard it said like that before. And I think that that brings up a very good point of the context does matter. Well, what do you think is the most important role of an artist? So, okay, maybe this isn't a role. But I think I would say to be telling or, you know, in dance or other forms, we're not telling, but to be sharing the truth. I think of artists in some ways as a huge part of like the global marketing team. I mean, if you think about what informs people's <laughs> opinions or worldviews or just what they believe about it, any number of things, um, sure, art is often a huge part of, of how they got there. You know, we're not creating yeah. those ideas, obviously, but I think artists are usually the ones expressing them or propagating them or suggesting that this is closer to what it should be, what we should be fighting for. Yeah. Or even if it's, it's artists are bringing joy and we're just bringing some humor and laughter and and entertainment you know which is totally real as well that's suggesting that that's valuable in life right so in my mind there's a lot of different things you could be expressing with art but it's the most important thing for me is just that what you're expressing is is true it lines up with reality which doesn't mean that it's not fictional i mean obviously you could do a play about a fictional <laughs> story yeah but you're sure, of course you're sharing truth through that yes. not that it's factually correct but you're you're promoting and you're encouraging things in life that are really important and matter yeah yep i i think truth is really important in art good answer okay my final question okay and i'll define my terms a little bit do you think and just again in your own opinion that art should be inclusive or exclusive. And here's what I mean by that. So with exclusive, we're talking about an artist putting their work out into the world and not necessarily providing any particular context behind it so that the audience can take from it just what they mm -hmm. versus inclusive kind of referring to an artist that, you know, includes program notes or has a description or essentially you understand what the artist's intention was behind the piece, regardless of what you draw from it. I've had a number of conversations about this topic, especially with oh, good. Yay. parents, actually. <laughs> so because they very much, they always want more information. They always want to know what did the artist intend. They're frustrated when they don't understand, which has been really helpful for me, actually, especially from my father, because he's not a dancer. And so to go, okay, someone on the outside is looking for more information. If I have to choose one, I think I'm going to say inclusive. I, I think the way that I prefer it to happen is that the information is there. It's available, but it's not forced on the audience, you know? So I think, for example, putting it in a program note is a really great way to do that. The program is free at the door. They can read it if they want to. What I often choose to do personally is to read it afterwards you know, I want that information, but I like to sort of just watch the piece for itself if we're talking about dance first yeah. um, and then to hear what they had to say. But I also am trying to become more sensitive to the idea that there are a lot of people that feel totally lost. They feel stupid that they don't understand art. And I think, 
you know, if you teach, if you expect someone to read English, I mean, we taught them the letters, right? We taught them what each word means. You don't expect someone to pick up an English book and understand it if they don't know English. And I think in some right. ways, you know, something like dance or sculpture or painting can be a whole nother language. Oh, well, the color red symbolizes this and the color blue symbolizes that. And giving them that information is helping them to, quote unquote, read the painting. So, yeah, I would say inclusive, but I also know that there are some artists who they're specifically creating work for the intention of having other people interpret it through their experiences. So almost like therapy, they really they don't want people to know their backstory. They want people to use it to process their own experiences. And I think that can be helpful. I mean, I often think maybe if they would say that more clearly that people could walk away with more if they know, okay, that's what I'm supposed Mm. to do in this scenario. Because I think sometimes people don't know that they're supposed to do that or even that they're invited to do that. And so they're just scared. Mm. But yeah, I would say, I mean, I would say inclusive because even as a dancer, as someone who's familiar with this world from the inside, there are still times (laughs) when I wish I had more information. And so it's sort of like, if I wish that, then surely people who don't know this language at all, who've never been in a studio, are going to want some level of context. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, love it. These are great (laughs) questions. Wow. It You know, and it's so interesting because it brings up a lot of interesting points and and people have have shared very different opinions on it. And I think that's important, too, to have those conversations about sort of... Mm -hmm even just why you believe what you believe. Well, thank you so much again, Heidi. I really appreciate you sharing your stories and your insights. Thank you for sharing art with the world. I am a firm believer that when you do create and, and you know, kind of referring back to what you were talking about earlier, when you're generous with your art and, and your heart and soul really come through with whether you're dancing or writing or solving math problems when you're giving there's there's so much power and beauty that comes from that and I truly believe it makes the world a more beautiful place and so I just want to say thank you for sharing well thank you so much again to everyone who has listened to this episode and if you feel in, as inspired as I do right now I hope that you'll share with a friend and continue to share art with the world in that way and I just want to say Thank you, and we will catch you next time. If you have a story to share with us, we would love that so much. And I hope your day has been Artfully Told. Hey there, Artfully Told listeners. I wanted to share a really amazing resource with you that I think you will find invaluable. This website is called Artist's Edge. The mission of Artist's Edge is to raise the level of business intelligence, life skills, and emotional intelligence for people who are committed to expressing their passions, creativity, and unique genius through their careers, helping them reach higher levels of success with ease. Artist's Edge is the education arm of Deborah Russell Coaching, and she is an awesome person who uses all of her business background and skills to really assist artists become who they want to be. She has a bunch of different product courses that you can go through as well as personalized coaching. If you're a wannabe artist that wants to turn their passion into a career or is an already established artist that wants to take their career to the next level, she is the person to talk to about this. So please follow the link in my comments and show notes notes.